All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Soul Powered Portal. I'm so excited to have you here. I have with me today, Abigail Barnes from Success by Design Training. You've heard a little bit about her intro already, so I'm excited to have you here, Abigail. How are you? Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be here. I can't wait for this conversation. Likewise, likewise. Abigail and I met inside of a coaching container with uh, really one of our mentors. I'm sure you have other mentors as well, but uh, I just love connecting with other like minds who have incredible things to share with our guests. And this is going to be a fun episode because it's all about really being able to maximize your time, right? Time management. And this is something that I know that I have struggled with (laughs) pretty much my whole life. I know that other people and my, a lot of my clients, a lot of everyone that I speak to really, I feel like what you do is so important in the world. So that's why I really wanted to have you on here is this, this time management and really getting into how we can do this, how we can, you know, cause time is, it's just important, right? We have to make sure that we're maximizing everything that we're doing, especially as entrepreneurs, um, because I know what it's like to go from an employee to an entrepreneur and you used to be like told, here's what you do when you need to have it done and like have this whole schedule planned out. But when you work for yourself, you don't have that same thing, right? And you have to really be even that much more accountable to what it is that you say you're going to do in order to get things done and to move your business forward. So I love what you do. I'm super excited about you being here. So thank you so much. I love it. I'm so like ready to just dive in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So let's kind of talk a little bit about before we even go into your story, because I want to go into your story and kind of what brought you here and all of that, because I know that's really powerful as well. But talk to me a little bit about why do you think that it is that people have such a hard time managing their time? Right. So I'm getting a vibe that your audience is going to resonate with this. So I'm just going to go with this. There's a 3D conversation about time and time management. And then there's a 5D conversation about time and time management. So during this podcast interview, let's just switch between the two. I love it. When we think about how we do one thing is how we do everything. So when we think about abundance and we think about calling in more money and being more successful and achieving the things, ticking off the goals, what it is that we want, that is applied to time as well. So the beliefs that we have around money, about I don't have enough, I'll never have enough, how how can I have more, et cetera, et cetera, are the same with time. So subconsciously, we are walking through life saying, I don't have enough time, busy people are successful people, I need to do more, work more in order to have more. So the fun thing is that when we're clearing our beliefs around abundance and when we're clearing our other beliefs that are limiting us, we can also clear these beliefs around time. So first of all, we quite simply don't have enough time because we are telling ourselves over and over and over again, I don't have enough time. So there's a number of beliefs that I talk about in my trainings, but one of the biggest ones is other people's time is more important than mine. So I don't know if that resonates with anyone in your audience, but I just felt called to share that one. Um, And that one is sort of quite a big one with caretakers, with mothers, with people who have other people to look after. Maybe you're sort of in a caring position with parents or family or whoever, that their needs are more important than yours. And then you start to see it's your beliefs that are running the show. Because fundamentally, Rebecca, I mean, you'll get this. We all get this. We all have the same 24 hours. 
So if we had the same 24 hours as Oprah, as Jayla, as Rihanna, as, you know, fill in the blank, whoever you love, why don't you have the same life and lifestyle as them? Well, because you don't have the same beliefs about time. And yes, you don't have the same bank account right now. And yes, you don't have a driver and you don't have a team and you don't have a private jet and you don't, don't have, don't have, don't have, don't have. But none of these people had this at the beginning. And that's what makes this conversation so freaking exciting. Uh, I love everything that you said. And it's such a simple thing, right? Like everything that you talk about, my audience is already very well aware of the, the limiting beliefs as it relates to money. Cause that's the main thing that we, you know, we touch on is healing your relationship with money, but isn't it funny how you just, you just simply move it over to another area of life. Right. And you can, you can heal that area just like you healed another. And it's such a simple thing, but like what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Right. Like we, we really do we can make it so simple. I love this. And it is something I catch myself a lot saying, like, I don't have enough time. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to go there, you know, and and it's a it's a process, actually, that I'm still uh, unwinding and healing, even in my own life, because you're right, we all do have the same amount of time in the day. So I love the perspective. Mm-hmm. And I love how simple that you've made it. Um, it's just such a huge topic. And I just I hear this all the time. So I love that this is such a timely conversation. So let, can you talk, oh, sorry, go ahead. Let's just drop one more mind bomb into yes. this mix, because I feel like we're, you know, building and building and building. Your time management is the direct reflection of your self-worth. Mm, wow. <laughs> and when you really get that on the level of WTF yes then as you know you release it Mm. the clearing beliefs is about awareness and awareness sets you free it it 1000% does and even as you were saying that like even as you were talking about how easy it is just to shift from one thing to the other like okay how you clear this belief is how you clear this one it is it's just when you have the awareness you can do better I teach a method that is, it's called the align method and it's how to create change in any area of your life. But for most of my clients, I'm working with, of course, you know, healing their relationship with money, healing money traumas. And the first step, it's actually an acronym. The first step is a for awareness, right? It spells out the word align. So awareness truly is the key to transcendence and to be able to understand, but you, you know, a lot of times we're living in these autopilots, right? These programs that we talk about. And it is so important just to like, as soon as the light bulb clicks, it's like, oh, <laughs> now I can change it. Now I can shift it. And that's why these conversations are so powerful and having coaches and having people and mentors who you can, you know, really learn from, because sometimes it's like, all you needed to know was that you were running this pattern or habit, but to you, it might be a blind spot because you've live this way your whole entire life. And so you don't see it as something that is easily shifted, shifted because it's just part of who you are and the way that you do things. Right. So it really does take us like, you know, rising above it and becoming aware of what it is in order to be able to shift it. So I love that. And I love the whole conversation around the 3d and the 5d totally would resonate with the audience and, and the individuals who are listening to this, because yeah, we talk about a lot of spiritual stuff here and I think it's just such a, again, timely conversation. So thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a really powerful way to look at things. And 
even with one of my best friends who is a body love uh, coach, and she talks a lot about self-worth and all of that. You know, we, we talked about this a long time ago. She was struggling with money and I'm like, Hey, so take what you did with healing your relationships with eating disorders and healing your relationships with your body and all of the things that you did here. Like, what did you do there to heal it? Just take it over here. It's such a simple concept. And she even tells me to this day that, you know, that conversation was so mind blowing to her. So I love that you're, I love it because the the correlation is, is totally there and the self-worth and self-love, like you were saying earlier about putting other people first before yourself. I think that so many people can resonate with that, especially as mothers and caregivers. And how important is it for us to actually take the time that we need for us instead of, yeah, I could totally resonate with that too. And I think a lot of listeners can as well. Yeah. And I resonate with it so much. Um, Obviously there's things that you have to do, Yes, but we charge our mobile phones. (laughs) So looking after ourselves and our energy and our health and our mental health and moving our body, feeding our body, sleeping our body, however we can, whenever we can, these are um, essentials to, to our life, to our well-being as well. And sometimes we, we can just, because of how we were raised, our environment, the, the narrative that we heard makes them the secondary, but you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And I talk about this a lot as well. I I love everything that, yeah, I love, I love all of it. I love where you're going with all of this. So let's talk a little bit about, so someone might be able to really resonate with how this might show up in their life. What are some of the most common time management problems that people typically have that you tend to see? Boundaries. So so there's like almost the, you know, the deadly, the deadly trio, if you like. So boundaries, um, prioritizing and procrastination. Mm. And probably this is the same in your work. Things that happen are the result of dominoes. So one thing pushes another thing, another thing, another thing, and it's very, very quick. So how do I set better boundaries is not the first question to ask. Mm. what do I want to do with my time is the first question to ask but you can't ask a question like that unless you believe it's your time and you're allowed to allocate it Mm. so when you get step one it's your time you're allowed to allocate it then step two you can set a boundary because you know why you need that boundary so the brain is, is a very helpful but very annoying tool that we all have. That when it knows why you want to do something, it's on your side. But when it doesn't, it's not on your side and it is just going to undermine and then it's going to lead to procrastination. Mm. So again, a conversation might be, Abigail, I can't stop procrastinating. Well, do you know what you need to do? Yeah. Do you, no, do you really fully know what you need to do? Well, Yeah. No, do you really, really know? Like if I was to sit down with you in a notepad, could we break this down into the next 10 steps? Well, no, not really. And so fundamentally, because the brain is like, well, I kind of know what I need to do, but I don't really know what I need to do. It makes up a story that it doesn't want to do it. But when you get why you want to do it, like if I do this, then I will get this. And then, you know, let's, let's be really crude. I'll get paid. 
Yeah. And then I'll have money and, and then I'll be able to pay my bills and do what I want. Okay, cool. So now we've got some motivation. Yes. But until you've got the motivation, they're just going to go round and round in a circle. Boundaries, priorities, procrastination. And you're just going to be chasing like a dog chasing its tail round and round and round and round and round. But once you become aware, that's when the switch is flicked. And this is what the book that I wrote is all about. I love that. Oh my gosh. It's such a powerful concept and it's a timely thing for me. And I'm like debating whether or not to even share this aspect because it feels a little, I didn't come from very much. Um, My mom was a single mom of seven when we were growing up. And so very, you know, below the poverty line, that kind of thing. So to get where I am today, and I was reading, listening to a book the other day, and it was talking about one of your first hires um, should be a personal assistant, having someone to take some of the things off of your plate that, you know, you, you don't have time for, right. And for me, I'm running two different businesses. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sibling to, you know, lots of siblings that live in the area. My mom lives across the street. So I have a very full life and I have a virtual assistant who helps me with some things, but this is one thing where over the last couple of days, I'm like, making a case for why I might need to hire a personal assistant, someone who can come and help me. And man, does it bring up a lot of stuff? Cause I'm like, well, who are you? You know, you're going to put these, like, you can't just do those things. You know, it's like, it brings up a lot of self-worth, like all the things that you were talking about where I've done a lot of work healing, but here it shows up again, right. Where it's like, are you sure? Like what makes that person's time any, you know, like what makes you so special to have to have someone do these things and take that so that you can rest and relax and recharge and stay in your zone of genius. So it's interesting. Yeah. Like the, the delegation piece, the boundaries piece, it brings up a lot of stuff. And because I'm so self-aware, I have noticed it and I can work through it and I'm still working on, you know, having someone come in and really assist me with things, but it does really bring up a lot, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. That is so, so exciting. I really love this. And I really applaud you for your vulnerability to share this because so many people shy away from really talking about the truth. So I love that we're having a real truth conversation here. Um, And I think the biggest thing with this is like you're saying is, is spotting what's coming up and the, the belief that we have in the spiritual world, which cracks me up is that um, the dark night of the soul is a night and that spiritual awakening just happens and then that's it. I don't know about you, Rebecca, but my dark night of the soul has been 10 years. Yes, it's been a long time. And what I have just come to realize recently through conversations with people who have very good memories is that um, our lessons that we learn on maybe let's say 50 different areas, they remember when you talked about lesson one that you learned in area 50. Yeah. But there's lesson two in area 50 and there's lesson fit three in area 50 and the lesson four and lesson five and lesson six. And they believe that, oh, you just, you know, clear it and that's it once. But there's many, many levels and layers. And as you raise in your consciousness, you come to make peace with the fact that this is a lifelong journey that, you know, I don't know if your audience is familiar with human design or if that's something that you even talk about, 
But say if you're aware of what your human design is, then you will understand that you have certain lessons to learn in this lifetime that other people don't. Um, and I'm a 5-2 generator. So one of my lessons in this lifetime to learn is mine solely. And the frustration until I truly, truly get that this is my lesson to learn and that no one else will really understand mm. is what can, you know, cause me not to do what I am actually here to do because their perspective is meant to challenge me. And until I truly get that they are really helping me to learn lesson eight in area 50, <laughs> and they're like, but you've been doing this for 10 years, what is going on? And it's like, yeah, but you know, this is a lifelong journey, people. <laughs> There's no magic pill. Yes, coaches, training and all of the things can shine a light, can give you that perspective, which is amazing. And that's the shortcut. If you like, there's any shortcut is working with somebody who's been there, but there isn't just a, a, a one pill, that's it, then you're done. Because the fundamental belief there is that you're broken and someone else can fix you and we're not broken and nobody else can fix us. I love that so much. And yeah, so much. It's like so in alignment with the conversations that we have here. And it really, truly is important to recognize that. Yeah, it's it, and that's part of my, so I'm a 6'2 generator. And so part of my journey is to be a role model. And that's why I tell the truth on here. That's why I'm honest with my people, because I'm just going to be, I'm going to be that role model to say, we have issues, we have struggles, we all do. And no matter how far along in your journey that you are, you know, we can still show up. It's okay to still show up. It's okay to still struggle. It's okay to be, you know, financially wealthy and still have emotional things that come up. It's okay to heal from things. It's okay to like, it's a journey. And I don't want people feeling like they're alone in that. And I love that, you know, we can talk about it and have these open conversations because I think that we live in an industry, especially in social media and the kind of marketing that we're sort of shifting away from that we're seeing, but we still see it, which is like, oh, here's the fastest way to get, you know, to quantum leap and to get to this place. And it's like, okay, yes, I do believe that mentors are cheat codes. Do not get me wrong on that. If I didn't have the mentors that I had in my life, I would not be here today. I know that for a 100% fact. And at the same time, I'm not going to lie to people about how hard this is to, you know, walk through sometimes depending on, it's not hard for every single person, but depending on the, you know, programming that you've had, depending on the deconditioning that you need to do, you know, it's okay that it's not the easiest thing in the world. And I think that more people need to hear that. Um, and we need to just be telling the truth about it because I think that people struggle, but people aren't necessarily willing to be open about how difficult it is. So I love that you bring that up. Yeah. I love that so much. So along those lines, I want to ask you, you know, what is something that is a small change? Like for someone who maybe is struggling with time management, struggling to fit all of, like even this, sometimes like starting a new process is like another thing to do, right? Like that's how our brain works sometimes. So if we could look at like, what's the smallest change that someone could make to make the biggest impact in their life? What would that be? Yeah, I love this question. Okay, you can't change what you don't track. Mm. Yeah. We've heard this a million times before. Fundamentally, 
This is a call to arms for your audience. Step one of the five step process in my book is audit your time. Mm. What that means is track your time for seven days. Sounds boring, sounds like work. But if you want to know where all your time is going, if you want to create change in your life, then you'll need to have the self-awareness, which only comes through tracking it. Mm. So this is writing down everything you do from the moment you wake up in the morning to the minute you go to bed in 30-minute chunks. So I'm not asking you to do it in five-minute chunks like a lawyer would. I'm not asking you to do it in 15-minute chunks like other professions would. I'm asking you to do it in 30-minute chunks. And so notice what time you're waking up. Notice what habits you're doing first thing in the morning. Are you picking up your phone and scrolling? Are you spending, you know, two hours doing your morning routine? Are you um, getting on the phone to people that, that want your help to fix their problems when really if you coached them with their permission, they would stop coming back to you looking for a fish every day because you would be teaching them how to fish. Are there um, people in your business, in your office, in your career who are always interrupting you with things? Is that slack that you constantly have to have on causing you to lose focus all the time? So once you are aware of things, then you can start to make tiny little changes because then you will realize that there's 15 minutes there. There's 15 minutes there. There's 15 minutes there and there's 15 minutes there. So auditing your time for seven days will find you an hour a day minimum. And wow. here's something that is even more mind blowing. And Rebecca, when I wrote this in my book, I literally had to check it four times, had to ask another friend who was very good at maths to check it for me, had to ask my dad because I just could not get this. I was so shocked. Two hours a day scrolling on social media equals 30 days a year. Oh, my God. A month. Wow. And now if anyone in your audience is like, Abigail, I definitely don't spend two hours a day on social media. Do the time audit yeah. and then message me and prove <laughs> to me that you don't because I will tell you even I who's written a book talks about time all the time definitely spends two hours a day on social media because yeah. we're posting on social media we're applying on social media and then of course we're scrolling a little bit because we're all looking for inspiration our tribes our people and and to see what's going on and these two things together I tell you will change the game hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez. So auditing your time. And this is something that I've been told to do before. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, no, don't, I don't. But I love the idea of the 30 minute increments. I feel like that is more doable. I don't feel like I could sit down and just like write everything out that I'm doing, but 30 minute increments feels a lot more. Okay. I can do that. You know, I can really do that. And I know that there's time links and I know that, you know, the scrolling and all of it. And so I love that. I love that. So can you talk a little bit more about the 888 formula, which I love the name by the way, because 
everyone here knows that we're all about angel numbers and signs. And again, I don't know if that's the point of it. I'm sure it's something else, but let's talk about the 888 formula because I want to hear more about this. And this is the, what's the title of your book, by the way? So the book is called Time Management for Entrepreneurs and Professionals. And when I was um, doing the book, writing the book, researching for the book, reading a million other books about time in order to, you know, see where I wanted to position mine, but also I channeled my book, incidentally. Um, This is a conversation we can have here. It's not a conversation I have on every podcast, but I, I was told to sit down every day and I channeled the book in about six weeks. So this is a little bit of crazy side information. So the 888 formula is the simplest way to divide your 24 hour day based on science and society. So science says that we need to be sleeping between seven to nine hours. So let's call that eight. And society says that we need to be working for eight hours. So then what is left is your life. This is the time that you would spend cooking the food, eating the food, cleaning up after the food, shopping for the food, that you would spend shopping for your clothes, buying the clothes, wearing the clothes, washing the clothes, doing it again, cleaning the house or the flat or the apartment, wherever you live, Um, your hobbies, working out, time with your friends, time with your family, starting a relationship, building a relationship, developing a relationship, ending a relationship, all the things. And then if you're a person who um, commutes anywhere, so if you're a professional and you commute for work, if you're an entrepreneur and you're commuting for other things, then that comes out of your life as well. So these three eights together are the simplest way to divide the 24 hour day. Mm -hmm. I have to add a disclaimer. The formula is here to highlight instantly for you what's going on. It is not saying 888 is the baseline. Some people, the average person needs seven and a half hours sleep. Um, If you have a young family, you will probably just get what you can. Yes. Um, The power of napping helps you to regenerate yourself, uh, as does meditating. So there's different ways, and I talk about that in the book, different ways that you can uh, recharge your energy energy but um yeah that is the 888 formula oh I love that doesn't seem like a whole lot of time though right for eight hours to do all of those things so that's why this is so important and I can't wait to get the book and read it and and walk through this process and I love that you channeled channeled the book by the way we can totally talk about that here and yeah I'm actually um in the process of rebranding the podcast and I haven't shared too much about it yet, but that is part of the direction that we're going is it's going to be more of a channeled thing. So, um, totally okay to talk about here. (laughs) So let's talk, I want to hear about your story about like, what got you into this work and what made you want to go down this path? Yeah. So My story began with um, a little girl who used to watch the clouds go by and just wanted everybody in life to be happy. And then grew up and started wondering what I was supposed to do, what other people did. So went down the traditional path of go to university, get a degree, get a job, get another job, get another job. 
get another job. And each job was always for a pay rise. Because I figured out very young that if I wanted to get paid more, I needed to change my career because pay rises within organizations were never going to be as good as they were when you could negotiate something new. Um, but there was always a hole in my soul. There was always like a feeling that this wasn't what I was here to do, that I wanted to do something else. And Rebecca, since I was young, I wanted to do my own business. But the word entrepreneur 10 years ago wasn't really a thing. Um, there was Richard Branson's autobiography, and that was really it. Personal development wasn't really a thing. Nobody really talked about life coaches or six, 6K days and 60K months and all of this jazz that, that we see in the world these days. Um, so I just followed the path of, of the things everybody else did. But I would have um, Sunday night blues and um, I wouldn't want to go to work on Monday. And then every single lunchtime, I'd just cry. <laughs> so I don't know if your audience can resonate with this, but I just felt so, so trapped. And I just didn't, I couldn't see a way out. And looking back lovingly, I would say I was a total victim. Um, but I didn't know about growth mindset. Um, it wasn't even a thing. And, and um, I forget who did it now, um, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. She hadn't even done her TEDx talk by then. So Carol Dwyer, Carol Dwyer, Carol, Carol Dwyer. That's okay, that's it. <laughs> I'm not sure if you have the same, but I have done so many trainings, yes. so many things. I forget who said what these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, so one day my boss came to me and said, we're going to send you on a business trip to America, to Boston. And I was so excited because I thought that this was the answer. I tried the promotions. I tried the parties. I tried the Prada. I tried the Prosecco. I tried all the things over and over and over again. And none of them made me feel better. So I take this flight to America. My friend collects me from the airport to her parents' house. And 24 hours after I arrived, I found myself in hospital, being woken up by a doctor and told that at the age of 32, I'd had a stroke. Oh my God. So this wasn't the answer I was looking for from the universe. But my advice to anybody who is looking for answers is ask for them with ease and grace. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so that was 11 years ago um, this year. And since then, it's just been the spiritual journey of, wow. I've been given a second chance. So what am I going to do with it? I don't, I still don't know how to do this business or how to start it. So I'm just going to start. I don't know anybody who does. And so what is that? The, the permission? Is that the access? Is that the, you need to know somebody who does to get into this club? I'm just going to bang the door down and go in. I love that. I love that. What a beautiful story. And so many synchronicities and of course you know the universe always brings the right people into our into our world but wow what a powerful story to bring you to where you are right now and it it really is so beautiful to watch people who have walked that path as well and then now you're here wanting to help other people you know it, it's really the true definition in my mind the podcast that we're on is called the soul powered podcast right it's about living a soul powered life, a soul led life. 
and not everyone would do what you did and pivot and take and listen to the guidance. Sometimes we allow fear to run the show. Sometimes we allow our egos to tell us it's not possible. And who are you to do this? And you never started a business before and you don't have any examples of this. You could have listened to that voice, right? But you didn't. And you chose to go this path and what a beautiful journey. And I applaud you for that because I know how how hard that is. That's not an easy path to walk, um, especially having gone through what you did at such a early age in life. So Mm. incredible. Yeah, well, thank you. So for the benefit of transparency, the journey from that place was a one of um, mess, confusion, learning, and the best way I can describe it, which is probably not a great analogy, but I think it's quite apt, is I probably have spent most of the last 10 or 11 years crawling across glass to learn the spiritual lessons. I really have made this very, very hard. Um, But in order to be able to do what we came here to do, we have to embody what it is that we're here to teach. And it's an interesting question because I'm saying we have to like we do. And some people would argue that you don't have to. But you do whatever you need to do in order to become whoever you need to, to become, to, to live your, your soul's purpose. And that's your decision to make. That's your journey. That's your, that's your spiritual path. Um, so for me, even after this near-death experience, I still didn't know what I was supposed to do, Rebecca. So I, I nearly die, but I'm still so much trapped in, let's call it the messaging of the matrix, that when everybody asked me what I was going to do, the answer, I don't know, only lasted for so long until the answer had to be, well, I'll just go back to the job then. So around 10 or 11 months after I nearly died, met the creator, had a conversation with souls and angels and all sorts. Maybe we can talk about that now. <laughs> um, I then went back to the office because who would walk away from a high paying job, a secure high paying job? You'd be crazy. Mm. And this was a narrative that I heard and without a plan for what you're going to do in your business, you can't listen to your intuition. That's ridiculous. Who does that? Who trusts that? Unreliable, doesn't have a spreadsheet. You must do what everybody else is doing. Like the bird in the hands, we're two in the bush and all of this narrative. But it's only in my experience, the way that I learn the lessons, and this is where I say that I feel like sometimes I fall across glass, is it's only when I'm in the situation that I'm not meant to be in, that my intuition says, no, leave. Mm. So I went back. And I tried to fit in and I tried to do it. And I tried to to be the person everybody else wanted me to be, needed me to be, yada, yada, yada. But my soul was not going to be quiet now. And maybe your audience can resonate with this from 2020. That was the biggest awakening globally that we've had since. My my stroke was in 2012. So if your audience um, follow when these global awakenings happened 2012 was a big awakening and 2020 was a global awakening and then yeah it's just getting more and more and more and more but your intuition 
is your guidance, but that's not something that you're going to get taught at school. Wow. That's incredible. And I, I just, I love the story because it, I just recorded before this, a TikTok that I posted on this exact same thing and how that's the journey that I walked as well. And how it's okay. If you, you know, again, how are you going to leave a high paying job? It's all the same questions that I asked myself and what a beauty, what a beautiful thing it is that we do live in the day and age that we do, where we can now see examples of people who have listened to their intuition. You know, these are things that people who've come before us never got to experience because they didn't have the proof or the, the fear really was so big. But as you've mentioned, you know, we're in this awakening and spirit is calling and people are able to answer at a very high level now. And it's incredible to watch. So I love that so much. And if you have the time, if you want to share, I would love to hear about um, the experience that you had. I'm so curious about, you said you met God and angels and souls. If you have the time to do that, could you go into that a little bit? I think that would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds crazy when I say it out loud, but I was in my friend's parents' guest bedroom and my friend's mom had called an ambulance, thank goodness, because I was in no position to and didn't feel well enough. Even at, and at the time, I thought it was dramatic that she'd done it, but luckily she had. And moments before the ambulance arrived, I flopped back on the bed and I literally felt like my entire body became paralyzed and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't speak and I couldn't move and I couldn't do anything. And I was laying there on my side and I went, I don't even want to say a tunnel because it wasn't. I literally feel like I hit a door and I feel like it was the side door of, of a building. And I remember (laughs) pushing on this door saying, hello, can I come in? Am I supposed to be coming in? What's going on? Where am I? And a voice came back and a voice said, we're not ready for you yet. And Rebecca, I was like, what? And that's when I think that my soul reconnected to my body. And then the, I don't want to die. I don't want to die, please. I'm not ready to die. I haven't lived my life. Please, can I go back? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'll do better next time. And then I'm I'm begging with whoever because I'm like I don't know. I don't know who's there. I'm just I'm just gonna beg. I'm just please, please, please give me another chance. I'm really really sorry. And then the ambulance crew come crashing into the room, and they're like, "Are you drunk? Are you on drugs? Can you walk? What's going on?" I couldn't move. So they literally had to drag me out of the room into into the ambulance, into the hospital. And while the doctors in the 3D, which are trying to figure out what had actually happened, because they still didn't know. I was in the 5D in a waiting room. And this is the only way I can describe it. It was a giant white room. And I was laying on the hospital bed that I actually physically was on. And the hospital bed was in this giant white room. And over to the other side, I could hear people talking. 
and they were like they were around a boardroom table and they were you know angels my soul family all sorts of people I don't actually feel like God was at that table because I feel like it was you know a spiritual conversation with the next level down team um but I heard God's voice when I, I hit the door at the very beginning we're not ready for you yet really for me felt like that was his voice saying that so I'm laying in this 5d room on this hospital bed I think in the US you call them a gurney and, and people are deciding and I could hear them saying shall we send her back shall we not will she get it she's had 32 years she's not got it yet and it was like some of them were arguing for and some of them were arguing against and I'm just laying there on this hospital <laughs> bed but then I'm also kind of vaguely aware that my physical body is being examined I'm in a lot of pain there's <laughs> people I moved to a different hospital so that they could actually do an MRI scan and find out what had really happened because the CT scan didn't work. So this is funny, the 3D, 5D conversation. And then I clearly heard somebody say, we've been preparing for this for so many lifetimes. Let's just send her back. And if she does it, she does it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. And maybe this will resonate with you because up until then, I didn't really, I, I'm a person of faith, you know, I was raised a Catholic, um, but the idea of lives, past lives, multiple lives, it was never a thing that was in my consciousness. And obviously human design and all of these kind of concepts and tools that we use these days, it wasn't really talked about back then. So for me to have overheard this, my brain at that time was like, I couldn't even really process what they were talking about. And then it's almost, like you know they just decided okay we'll send her back but they sent me back with a message mm. and they sent me back with this message to share with people and the message is it's your time mm. so the clock is ticking all day every day this 24 hours is your time whether you believe it's other people's time, whether you believe you don't have the right to your time, a percentage of that is yours and your job is to reclaim more and more and more because some of us are in a privileged place where we do, it is our time and others, we're still trading our time for money because that might be the, the, the life experience that we're having in this, in this realm right now. And then the other way to see it is it's your time whatever you want to do, whatever you're hoping, whatever you're dreaming, what, whoever you want to ask for something, it's your time. There's never been a better time. You will never look so good, feel so good, have these opportunities that you've got right now because you don't know what's going to happen mm. even later today. You don't know what's going to happen after, after the next minute. You know, All we have is the now. Oh, I don't usually get emotional on these, <laughs> these interviews, but wow. And there's so many things that struck chords. And I know that you're speaking from your soul here and this real experience. And what a beautiful gift. I had like full body chills the whole time that you're telling this beautiful story. And what a gift it is that you were able to experience that. Like how much stronger is your faith in the fact that this really is your life's mission? 
after that experience. Like I can't even imagine how much like almost certainty that you have because you got to witness that. Scary. Yeah. I would say like, you know, for anybody in your audience who's had a similar experience or had an experience like this, they will get this, that it's 50% a gift and 50% you can't, you just can't process it. So some for me, I walked away from my stroke with no physical disabilities. Rebecca, the statistics of people who have disability, who who even die from this, are off the charts. So I was very very fortunate to to be able to walk away from it. But the the side effect has been sort of the mental health and the PTSD. And for me, that's really mostly been around trying to piece what actually happened. 3D, 5D, 3D, 5D. Did that happen? Didn't it happen? What is real anyway? So this is where the whole conversations around spiritual and we create our own reality. Um, But one thing I fundamentally came away from it from, and maybe this is for somebody in your audience to, to take, is that we're all going out the same exit. Whatever we believe, however much time, effort and energy we put into all of the rules and rituals around it, we're all going out the same door. And wherever you go on to, who really truly knows, Mm. but we all go out the same exit, just like we all come in the same entrance. What a beautiful message. What a beautiful story. I'm just like blown away. And I, of course, like this is how God works, the universe works, always putting the right people into our path and to have these such powerful conversations. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for you being vulnerable and you sharing these things, because I know that it's going to leave a lasting impact on, it's left left an impact on me and going to leave a lasting impact on others too. And it's just, it's incredible to be able to share these things. And especially living in the day and age now where people don't think that we're crazy (laughs) for sharing the truth about what we've really experienced. So I have so much enjoyed this and I, and I want to be mindful of your time. And I also just want to um, ask if there's anything else, any, any last thoughts, any last comments that you want to share. And then I want to get, I also want to ask where people can find you, of course, because I know there's people going to be wanting to come and, and, you know, take, you have a um, couple trainings, right? Yeah. You have a free chapter of your book. I just wanted to make sure that I spoke right on that and um, people can find you on your Instagram, which you're sharing things on there. So before we go into that, is there any last thoughts or anything that's coming through for you to share right now? Anything that you think would be a final, a beautiful final thought that we could leave our listeners with? Tuning in, what I'm getting is the message to share with somebody. Trust yourself. You know, yeah. and it's not going to appear to to look simple or easy or possible. But all you need to do is take the step, and your team will show up because mm-hmm. they always do. They're just waiting for you to take the step. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a beautiful, beautiful message. And 
it's your time like you said right it's your time it is and it is your time and I know it's easier said than done to take the step but the reality is that you are just going to stand on the edge until you take it because you can't go back so beautiful it's so beautiful and it resonates so much with a message that I've been sharing a lot lately which is your time is now so I think it's your time and your time is now and like you said we don't always know if we have the next day the next breath the next moment life is fragile and it is important for us to fully show up in every single moment because the time is now <laughs> you know your time is now we came here to play the game the yes. game of life and as much as sometimes playing that game can seem like crawling across glass the alternative is to feel nothing and mm. we didn't come here to feel nothing we mm. came here to feel to live to love to leave our legacy Mm. what a beautiful beautiful message thank you so much abigail this has been so incredible if anyone has been also inspired which i'm sure that they have been by this message by this conversation can you share with our listeners where they can find you where do you hang out most um and i know that you had also uh shared with me that you have a free chapter of your book which i would love to also uh check that out as well so where can they find that information so i hang out on instagram as at i am abigail barnes and that's the same on tiktok i've started tiktoking Yay. <laughs> um and i i also have a business account for success by design training on instagram as well and i'm sure you will leave all the links to download the free chapter and to buy the book to get the um in the show notes and the book is also available on amazon for anybody who wants to have that international shipping option oh, i love that yes guys definitely go check her out i don't even have to probably say that <laughs> because of how moving this conversation was but definitely go check her out on instagram i'm definitely going to buy the book so thank you so much again this has been such a powerful conversation i know we kind of went in talking about time management and i feel like we got so much more and this was such a beautiful gift to our listeners so i hope that you all enjoyed our conversation thank you again so much abigail for your time thank you for being here thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable and i'm so excited to share this with the world so thank you so much oh my goodness well thank you so much for having me and anyone who's got to the end of this podcast if you put the hashtag body soul on whatever social platform you shout about this podcast on, then Rebecca and I will be checking that out so that we know you got to the end. And I will be giving away a free copy of my book. Oh, I love that. Thank you. What a what a special surprise. Yes, guys, please tag us and let us know how this conversation inspired you. We love to hear from you. I know Abigail would love to hear how her story has inspired you as well. So Thanks again, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.